at least you have a pretty pretty easy way with a easy interface to deploy okay. your Next.js application within a couple of clicks. Okay. And which is which is huge. Yeah, and it's going to be run. My Next.js application is going to be run on their so-called cloud function edge network. Mm -hmm. They're like a cloud computing network, yeah. like AWS Lambda. And all of this is going to be handled for me and I will get quite a lot of optimizations just out of the box. Yes. The CDN and the edge computing uh, provide by Vercel. And the thing is like next has some, you know, you can, it has some kind of an interface or architecture that if you are a hosting provider, you can decide to implement it in a way yes. in order to support, to, to properly support some of the features that Next is providing. Hello everyone and welcome back to Hackcast. This is season two, episode number three. I am Rado. I'm Ivo. And this is Teddy behind the camera. Uh, we are once again in our uh, office at the Hackcast studio. And uh, do we have any technical improvements since last time? Nope, everything is as it was to be last time. Yes, because uh, episode two was actually pretty good with the new cameras, with the microphones, everything was great. Yep. Uh, for episode three, we are going to talk about Next.js, which is a rather switch from the previous two non-technical topics. This time we're going full technical and we're going to cover Next.js. We're going to talk about what is Next.js, why is it why is it so popular, what are the technical capabilities, of Next.js, and most probably we're going to do two episodes on it because, because the topic is quite broad and you kind of need time to explain it properly. Yeah. All right, so uh, let's let's start and see how it's going to go. What is Next.js? So Next.js is one of the few things in the front-end world that truly excited me for the last couple of years. Okay. I would define it as a web development framework, full web development framework Okay. that is focused mostly around, mostly around the front end. Okay. And it comes with React. And it comes with React. So it's a web development framework. What do you mean by that? If you have to compare Next to Django, are mm -hmm. they similar in some well, way? They are both web development frameworks. With both of them, you can, let's say, do websites. You can do uh, front end and back end. But Django is mostly focused around the backend or it or it is really good with the backend things. Yeah. And Next.js is really good with the front-end things. So yep. yes, in Next.js, you can write backend, you okay. can write APIs, okay. you can write some business logic, but the power of Next.js is around the front-end tooling. Exactly. So this is, this is the very first thing that uh, confuses people. So, uh, because if you open uh, the website for Next.js, it says the React framework for production, or at least this is what it said today. Mm -hmm. So the React framework for production. So the focus here is on React. So React is a UI framework library or however you'd like to call it. But Next.js on its own, it's a full stack web development framework, meaning you can write backend. There is an, it's basically, it runs on Node.js. Yeah. It's like you're writing your backend on Node.js, but the focus, it leans towards the front-end with native React support. Yes. Which makes it different from, for example, Django and Rails, where it's a full-stack web development framework and you can do front-end, but for me, Django leans towards back-end 
Absolutely. And you might not want to have your any front-end related code on your Django site, mm -hmm. but rather on Next.js site. So this is this is the very first thing, is a full-stack web development framework with backend capabilities, but it leans towards the front-end, yeah. which is confusing, but, but interesting. And it leverages React. Mm -hmm. And then, usually, the question that follows up after this is, when do you need or when do you want to use Next.js? All right. Can you not just use React mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and Django? So React is our go-to framework when it comes to front-end. Whenever we need to, to make any kind of front-end, we go with React, right? Yeah. And now the question is, okay, we are sticking with React. Now, are we using a plain React or are we using Next.js with React? So, okay. so I, would, I would say that all of our decisions are based on uh, do we need, like, do we have public pages in the project? Okay. That need to be accessed by by Google or by any kind of you know um, w web crawlers that need this information in somehow. Okay. And if the answer is yes, yes, our platform is not something hidden behind a login page. Okay. It is something that is public on the internet. Let's say we are doing an e-commerce store or something like that it needs okay. to be public. Then we are pretty much going with React with uh, Next.js. Sorry. With 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 Next.js. Okay. Next so let, let's let's first let's first uh, unfold plain React. You mentioned plain React. What is plain React to you? So to me, plain React is having a single page application mostly. Okay. Uh, with React and the best other tools that you need in your React page. So you need something to, let's say, uh, do, do your routing. You need something to manage your global state. If you, if you have a lot of global state, you need all the other little pieces in order to make your own framework in order to make single page applications, right? Okay. So plain React is for single page applications yes. and let's say let's say it's based on create react app mm -hmm, to, mm -hmm. to, to scaffold uh, everything and you're going to need something like a react router in order to like have routes on mm -hmm. the url that are mm -hmm. uh answered by front-end code yeah uh usually you, you put different pages on different routes and when we're talking about plain react in a single page application we usually do this when we have like a back office system that needs to be uh, quite, um, I would say, functional and flexible, and it, it needs the power of React. Mm -hmm. And plain React is usually deployed. How how it's usually deployed? Because this is important, mm -hmm. and we'll get back to mm -hmm. it. Well, the 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 output of the plain React page is just one HTML file with a couple of JavaScript files and CSS yeah. files, right? So all you need in order to deploy this is just a web server that can host and provide, you know, that can serve these static files. They are actually static files. Okay. So the whole front-end project, the, the output of the build of the front-end front project is just a bunch of static files. Yeah. So normally what we do, we put them on S3, like the AWS yeah. service, and then we do some cloud front in order to distribute around yeah. the world the static files. And that's all. That's all. So usually, you don't else. yeah, plain React, the output of it, it's uh, it's static files. It's HTML, CSS, JavaScript, and like other, other static resources, images, for example. Absolutely. Yeah. And then we take those static files, we put them on a bucket, S3 bucket, and we configure a CloudFront uh, distribution in front of the bucket. So yeah. it's spread throughout the world through Amazon CDN. Mm -hmm. And that's about it. You hit a plain React website. Then you enter, for example, it's login based. You enter your credentials, and the the React is making calls to the backend, getting some data from the backend, and rendering it on the front end. That's plain React. Now, if we have you mentioned public pages, 
or user-facing pages that are not behind the login. For example, a website, an e-commerce store, or even an app with public public part, and it, it can have like a, a, a part for authenticated users. Mm -hmm. But if we have public-facing pages, then what's the problem with just plain React? Okay, so we need to get a little bit deeper into how a single page application works. Yeah. But the thing there is that you make a single request mm -hmm. and there is one HTML page saying, hey, you, you need to download all of this JavaScript yeah. in order to in order for JavaScript to decide, okay, you're looking at this page, so you need to download to make these API calls, fetch your data, and then render everything on the browser. Mm -hmm. So the browser actually renders the DOM elements on your uh, screen. And this is this is how a single page application works. So if you are uh, a machine, not a browser, yeah. all you understand from this web page is just an empty HTML page saying, hey, download these JavaScript files. Exactly. So if I have a public-facing uh, application and it's written in plain React, if I grab a URL and paste it on uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, whatever social media, yeah. or even Slack, it's going to be scraped and the scraper we're not even talking about Google right now. The, no. the scraper is going to just see an empty HTML with like a root diff where the entire uh, a React application gets mounted, mm -hmm. but you, it does not wait for the JavaScript to execute and it does not wait the response. And it like it's always an empty preview. Mm -hmm. It's like mm -hmm. for the internet and for the scrapers, you, you your website is just empty because it relies entirely on client-side JavaScript to make the call and do the rendering. Yeah, you can have one default like meta preview, like one default title, one default description for all the pages, but yeah. you cannot do like for each page, I want different different preview. You, you cannot do this because it's a JavaScript logic that is getting executed on the browser. Yeah, and this was quite limiting, I'd say, for React-based or whatever JavaScript-based applications because you want... You most probably want to write your e-commerce also with React for the front end. Yes. And you also you want uh, Google to support your website to be able to scrape. You want to be able to share things. Absolutely. If you have a blog, you want to share your uh, URL to the, to a blog article and get a rich preview. Mm -hmm. The so-called social cards. Yeah. And this is where uh, Next.js comes into play. How? Well, it introduces the concept of server-side rendering with, okay. with React. Now, when I say introduces the concept of server-side rendering, it sounds funny because server-side rendering has been around for the last 20 years, I think. Yeah. Uh, frameworks like Django, Rails, all of them are, are based on server-side rendering. Yeah. But the difference here is that there is not a lot of other ways you can do server-side rendering in your Django using React. Yeah. And next is the, the, the tool here. So okay, let's 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 untangle this because there are important small details that can be confusing at first, but uh, it's it, they're really important. So we have Django or Rails or whatever or whatever, whatever. like MVC, MVC based yeah. framework. It usually has a request response cycle where at some point in this request response cycle, more to the response end, you have a templating engine. Mm -hmm which runs on the server yeah. and outputs HTML with the response. And HTML comes with the rest of the static files that your browser needs in order to render, in order to render everything. And this templating engine is running on the server. Yes. And it's rendering HTML. 
And that's why if I have a standard Django application that renders HTML and I grab a URL and paste it somewhere, it's going to get the rich preview because the entire rendering is done on the server and the server just returns the final HTML. Exactly. Yeah, and this is what we call server-side rendering. So as a browser, as a client, you receive not only the JavaScript, if, if there is any, but yeah. the content, the HTML with the data in there, everything combined together so you can yeah. preview it on the browser. The entire page is ready. Yes. And for contrast, when we are doing like a standard plain React for, for a single page application, the page is rendered after the JavaScript is downloaded and executed. So yes. it's not as part of the response, but yes. as part of the execution of the browser. And that's why, especially Next.js, when you, when you say this is for, it's going to help us with server-side rendering, then the usual response that you get is, we have this already. Why are we reinventing the wheel? But there's very intricate and delicate difference, which is, Next.js allows you to do what you can do with Django, server-side render, yeah. but with React. Yes. With Django, I, I am limited by uh, the templating engine. There's mm -hmm. like a default one for Django where I can use Jinja, mm -hmm. but my, my tools for front-end programming are limited by whatever my backend framework supports. Yes. And those tools... I'd say are not up to par with React at all. Absolutely. I and, can agree with this. Yeah. yeah. And the thing that you usually do if you are limited with whatever templating engine that you want to use running on a backend framework, the things that you do is you add additional abstraction and the additional abstraction that you add gets you closer and closer to something that will look as if you have React. So you will treat your Django templates with additional abstraction, and you will put quite a lot of effort to kind of resemble the tooling and the functionality of, for example, React or Angular, for, for yes. that matter. And for me, this is the big difference, and this is the actual game changer, because now I can use a tool that's designed and built for front-end programming. It's really powerful, React, and I can do the server-side rendering in order to leverage all of the HTML pages rendered, and now it can be uh, scraped by bots and uh, search engines and, yeah. and crawlers, but still use the powerful tools that React give me. Yes. And in theory, it should be overall faster in terms of receiving your content on your screen with doing some kind of uh, server-side rendering instead of fetching a bunch of JavaScript then, then making HT uh, HTTP calls in order to fetch data yeah. and visualize all of this in the screen. Yeah. So Next.js, since it's actually running a no as an old backend, yeah. it, it's implemented in order to support and to use React seamlessly na and natively, like as if you are doing plain React. But you can, if you want to, server-side render your pages with React in order to achieve the public, uh, the public goods, uh, you know, like to have public, base, public yeah. pages. Mm -hmm. All right. What else? What else? Well, so this is, this is, there are layers of things that Next.js give you. And this is perhaps the very first thing that people go to Next.js 
uh, for server-side rendering, mm -hmm. meaning you can execute code on the server, which is the nodes, yeah. and uh, execute the actual React page and render it. Yeah. You can still do a standard React with Next, where Absolutely. you render everything on the client. Mm -hmm. And when you render everything on the client, this is what we called what we call client-side rendering, rendering. Yeah. or CSR. Yeah. You make a call, Ajax call, get data, run some code, render HTML. Something else that is like huge, huge thing to me about Next is like React at its own is for me is a pretty thin layer of, uh, uh, I, I cannot say it's a framework. Okay. I cannot say it's a big framework. I, I can say this is a thin layer of uh, two in order to use for your visual layer. But you need another things like router, you need state management, you need a bunch of other things in order to make your own framework to be really productive on the front end. So Next.js comes with a bunch of tools that help you achieve this productivity on the front end. At least for routing and pages. So yeah, Next, uh, the, the concept in Next is there are pages yeah. and each page has a route and the routing is the so-called uh, file-based routing. So it is there. It is, it is there, like it or not. Yeah. It is in the framework itself, yeah. and you don't have the choice not to use it. So it is there. This 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 choice is already made for you, and you just need to use the it. routing. The routing in Next resembles the routing that you can get in Rails or Django. Mm -hmm. It's just you're not specifying the uh, the routes in a file, but rather you're specifying the routes as the uh, file structure, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which takes some time to get used to it. It's fine, yeah. But I think it's 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 quite powerful, and uh, it 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 is that powerful that at some point we might see this in backend frameworks like uh, Django or Rails try to do some kind of file-based routing. So you get pages in Next, you, you build pages, and those pages have routes. And in addition to that, you can have API routes, which is your backend. Absolutely, yeah. yeah APIs, APIs, where and you can basically build an entire application just sitting within the next context. Yeah. You you may not need Django, but mm -hmm. we, we, we'll get there. Most likely you need it, but yeah, you will get there. Yeah. Uh, another thing that is in, in the framework itself, and it's I use it like all the time, is the image component. Okay, yeah, that's important. That is uh, doing image resizing on the fly. So if there are some images coming from the backend and they're with, let's say, if, if they're pretty big images, yeah. you know, high quality, you know, hundreds of megabytes, you can resize them on the fly, depending on where exactly you need them. You can get the proper size file and show it to the user without transferring uh, huge files over the network. Which, okay. which, and if you if you do your uh, infrastructure right, or yep. if you're using the right tools, the uh, resized file get cached, and uh, it at the end of the day you get really optimal uh, image delivery to the clients. Okay, yeah, that, that's that's actually quite important. So next comes with ready to go image component, which handles all of those things for you that you might even not know that you need them, but they're already handled, which is good. Same thing with fonts. Yeah. And yeah, so, so far, Next is a web full stack web development framework where you can leverage React, TypeScript. It comes ready, ready to go with TypeScript, where you can do server-side rendering, but the tool that you use to output the HTML is actually React, which is the game changer compared to what we described with, for example, Django and templates. And then you can have APIs, API routes, so you can build your entire backend there. And then you can have a standard React application, which uh, is a client-based application, mm -hmm. 
which we call client-side rendering, where JavaScript makes Ajax calls, renders. Also, Next gives you the opportunity to have server-side rendering, as, as we discussed, which is SSR. This yeah. is usually how, how, how it's uh, shortened. So we have CSR, client-side rendering, and we have SSR. And we can stop here and still benefit quite a lot uh, from Next. Absolutely. But there's more. There's more. There's more. Alongside with all the tools that it provides, it provides some limitations. It is okay. putting your code in different boxes and it's saying, hey, you're going to keep your things like this. And this is because it's giving uh, you not only the tools, but it's giving you an architecture to follow. Okay. And this architecture, if you combine with the right infrastructure, okay. gives you things like serverless backend. Let's say this server-side okay. Uh, 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 functions. This this uh, server side renders okay. can be done on uh, on on Lambdas. These backend APIs that you are uh, referring to that you can actually write in the uh, Next.js framework. Okay, can be processed on uh, Lambdas or Lambdas on the edge. Okay, which is combining the uh, infrastructure with the architecture in order to make one one big thing and uh, benefit from all these uh, serverless benefits that we all, that we all hear about. Okay, so uh, let's discuss then deployment of, of Next. Next is Node.js. Yeah. So can we deploy Next on like a EC2 instance? Yes, we can, we can. We can just get our project, build it, uh, put it on, on a server somewhere and run it with the Node runtime. It's, it's just going to spin off a server and act as it is just a normal uh, like as it node. is an express Node.js yes. application. Absolutely, absolutely. We can deploy it on EC2. Yes, yes. We have deployed uh, Next on Heroku. We have deployed okay. it on different virtual virtual machines. It works. Okay. And then again, when you open the site to uh, uh, the website of Next, there is this thing. There is this big thing that's called Vercel, mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. however they pronounce it. Yeah. This is the go-to infrastructure for our Next projects right now, right? Yeah. So, so what is Vercel? So what it does, it is uh, uh, infrastructure. It is okay. a hosting provider for Next, let's okay. say. Uh, that is doing a bunch of magic behind the scenes in order to provide a serverless hosting for your Next application. So you don't need really okay. to worry about scalability on this layer, on the layer of actually server-side rendering. Like the, the machine that does the server-side rendering is not a machine, it is a cloud function. So you're not limited in any way in terms of how many server-side renderings you can do per per minute, per second, or whatever. Okay. All, so, the, all yeah. this load is distri distributed, and it can even be on the edge. So when I'm doing requests to the, the server, the actual server-side rendering is happening here in Bulgaria. Closer to you. Clo yeah. Close as possible to me, instead of uh, doing requests to one centralized server somewhere in the world. Okay, so let's let's unfold this. Let's say we have deployed Next on EC2, and the region for the EC2 is in Frankfurt. Yeah. Or let's let's say London. Okay. Let's okay. say in, in London. And then whenever you make a request, everything that's running on that server, it's going to London and coming back to you. Yes. What Ver Vercel, for me, the very first thing that Vercel is, is a uh, cloud uh, computing engine, which supports Lambda functions. Mm -hmm. The same thing as uh, AWS Lambda. Yes. And Vercel has native hosting capabilities for Next, meaning you can just throw a Next uh, at Vercel and it's, it's done. It's, yeah, it's already hosted. It's 
So when, when I deploy the same next application on Vercel and, and uh, I have server-side rendering happening there, whenever I call the application, since this server-side rendering is going to run on the Vercel Edge infrastructure, uh, there is a chance that I might actually go to Frankfurt instead to London yeah. and get my uh, HTML output done in Frankfurt, mm -hmm. closer to me, returned, and then this is automatically managed by, by the Vercel hosting platform. Yes. So this is one thing that, that, that they're doing. Another thing that they're doing is uh, they're having a pretty solid uh, CDN. Uh, okay. Content delivery network. So yeah. all your static files, all your, all your CSS files, all your like JavaScript are being cached around the world. Okay. Again, not something that you cannot do on your own, but it but okay. it's there. It's working. Uh, they're providing this whole image uh, resizing backend for the for the okay. image component. So they are uh, again doing the image resizing uh, on the on the edge. Okay. So that means that and, and they cache the output of this image resizing. Okay. So only the first user that is getting the image resized is having hard time downloading it okay. and then all the other users are blazing fast and what else what else they they, they are doing a lot of things around the uh incremental uh, static uh, regeneration and we'll and, get there but but yeah we'll get there we will get there so at least you have a pretty pretty easy way with uh, easy interface to deploy okay. your next js application within a couple of clicks okay and which is which is huge yeah and it's going to be run my next js application is going to be run on their so-called cloud function edge network mm -hmm. they're like a cloud computing network yeah like aws lambda and all of this is going to be handled for me and i will get quite a lot of optimizations just out of the box yes the cdn and the edge computing uh provide by Vercel. and the thing is like next has some you know you can it has some kind of an interface or architecture that if you are a hosting provider, you can decide to implement it in a way yes. in order to support, to, to properly support some of the features that Next is providing. And uh, we are talking right now about server-side rendering. But then if we go deeper, Next gives you the capability to generate static websites. What is a static website? Or a static page in a dynamic website, which is which is again okay. Some, something makes so a static website is a static is is a website that's changed uh, really rarely, right? Yeah. Uh, a page that never changed. Let's say let's say you have uh, a website and on this website some pe some pages are pretty dynamic. Some pages are let's say the about us page. Yeah. This thing changed like once every couple months. So you don't really need to. Uh, server-side render it every time someone opens it. Yeah. You need to uh, uh, generate it once it changed and just put it on the CDN as a static HTML file and yeah. serve it to the people. So static website is just HTML, yes. rendered HTML with CSS. Mm -hmm. Usually there is no JavaScript per application. It can, you can have JavaScript per animation, but not, not, no JavaScript per application. And Next allows you to have pages that are statically generated. Absolutely statically generated. Yes. So whenever you open this route, which opens this page, you're not going to run any code on the whatever you're hosting next, but you're just going to get the output. So, mm -hmm. And if you're hosting on Vercel, you're going to get the output from the CDN that's close, closest to you. Yes. Now, the question is when actually this page gets uh, rendered. So who, who is actually rendering it? Yeah. And the answer is it is rendering build time. 
So whenever yes. you deploy a new version of your code, it is re-rendering re yeah. and getting distributed all over the world. Exactly. So this is this is not it, it, it this is where it gets interesting. Next allows you to have for different routes, meaning for different pages, different rendering strategies. We may have three routes, which are which means three pages. Mm -hmm. For the first page, we might we might want to do server side rendering. For the second page, we might want to do entirely client side based rendering. Yes, like a, a plain React. Mm -hmm. And for the third page, we might decide to do static side generation, or in short SSG. This is how this is the terminology for it. And this static site generation for this particular page is going to happen build time. Yes. Whenever you're deploying or building your app and you can have, you can actually make API calls mm -hmm. or calls to some, some CMS to get your data and statically generate the page at build time. Yes, exactly. And this is, this is really powerful because Next allows you quite seamlessly page by page to define your rendering strategy. Yes. Yeah. And let's say we have an about us page that changes okay. like every couple of months because someone someone decides to get into the CMS and add a couple more sentences or or, or delete something. Now I want this page to get re-rendered, like recached, not at the build time, because I don't know when the next version of my front end yeah. is going to be released. I want something to tell my next uh, server to just re-render only this page because a change is being made. Yeah. So so uh, when, when you're doing static site generation, you can say, okay, this is going to be statically generated. Why? Because I want HTML output and I want this HTML output on the CDN. And then you can say, but revalidate this uh, every single day, which will trigger something on the infrastructure. This is yes. infrastructure level implementation. This mm -hmm. is Vercel. Mm -hmm. It is supported by Next as an API. Yes, but it needs to be implemented by the infrastructure. Yes, yeah. Uh, so, and you can say, um, I want to revalidate this every day, and then it's going to get revalidated every day, meaning the page is going to be rebuilt every mm -hmm. day. Mm -hmm. And then you also have the ability to revalidate the statically generated page based on an event, and right. this is what they call on-demand incremental <laughs> static. Rev uh, Revalidation. Revalidation, yeah. 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 So, so this is basically your CMS calling the next server and saying, hey, the yeah. About Us page just got changed. Do your magic, do a revalidation so people can actually see the result. And this is usually implemented. How, how, how is this usually implemented? Can, can, we, can we do a quick walkthrough? Well, normally there are some kind of uh, webhooks that uh, the, uh, let's say the CMS, the backend where we store yeah. the data is triggering an API call with some kind of authentication to the uh, next uh, URL. So next exposes an API. Yes. Or you need to expose. I mean, you need to implement you, you need it as a developer as expose. API route. Yeah. yeah. Do some kind of authentication and implement some logic like check the payload. If the about us page is changed, then revalidate this URL or this bunch of URLs because something may change that affect many pages. Yeah. Let's say if we have a dynamic uh, navigation yeah. and someone decides to change the order of the uh, nav items there, uh, all the pages need to be regenerated, yeah, revalidated. So a developer needs to take care for this. But in terms of uh, infrastructure on Vercel, uh, it is there. So so the your uh, CMS or whatever you're using for a backend is yeah. making an API call, and there is uh, uh, a lambda that is triggered in order yeah. to regenerate this uh, content and uh, put it on the delivery network. 
So regeneration is handled by Next. And actually you, you can, if you self-host Next, for example, on, on EC2, you can still do the uh, ISR, the, yes, the revalidation, but it, the cache is going to be like the internal Next cache. Yes. While if you do this on Vercel, and this is what Vercel actually gives you, it's going to get revalidated on their content delivery, delivery network, which is extremely powerful. And so it's in Next terms, they call this SSG, which is static site generation which is the process where you build during build where you where you output the HTML during build time. Yes. Then they have the concept of incremental static revalidation, which goes hand in hand with static site generation. Yes. And incremental static revalidation can be revalidate every one day, every day. Or every other request. Or, let's say. Uh, or every yeah. Or based on based on some uh some specific group. Mm -hmm. And then you can you can actually implement the on-demand incremental static revalidation yeah. when you, as a developer, expose an API from the next and then from some other system called this API authenticating in some way so you can revalidate your pages only when the data changes. Absolutely. And this is extremely powerful. Yep. And this basically gives us the ability to uh, instantly serve pages that are kind of static let's say it's great for block our our block hacksoft.io yes is uh, uh, absolutely statically generated and every time it's a block blo blog post gets regenerated every time someone opens it so if i open a blog post i'm actually seeing the old content and then the next yep. user after me is seeing the new content which is totally fine for us because the blog post they don't change like a couple times a day they change a couple times a year probably yeah so uh, it actually saves us a lot of uh, traffic. And the main result is that the blog posts, they load instantly fast. Exactly, yeah. Um, so we are using, so for Hacksaw.io, it's next-based. Mm -hmm. And for the blog, we are doing static site and incremental static uh, regeneration. Yes. For the actual CMS where we keep the blogs, we are using a headless ghost. Yes. Which I think we can cover this in the in the next episode okay. about the all, all of the serverless uh, things that kind of gets unlocked when when using Next. Mm -hmm. uh, but so far, for me, I, I think we can wrap. All right. Yeah. For me, the the power of Next.js lies in three points. The first one is it allows me to build backend applications with the front end lean uh -huh. using react as my template engine this yes. is extremely powerful absolutely i yes. don't have to struggle with whatever the framework is providing me be it django or rails or whatever mm -hmm, mm -hmm. the second thing is um it gives you flexible it introduces or kind of standardizes uh certain rendering strategies the client-side rendering the server-side rendering and the static side generation combined with the incremental static regeneration. And it gives you the flexibility to choose and to pick based on your route. You can have a next application with various routes and various rendering strategies, which is extremely powerful because you don't have to commit to a single one, which was the case before that. Yeah. And you can be quite flexible and you can, uh, you can do whatever your, you can address your needs properly. And the third thing is it's, provides an architecture for someone on the infrastructure side to implement. And this is what Vercel did. Mm -hmm. But actually the, the folks over uh, behind Vercel are the folks behind Next. Yeah. So yeah, it, it makes sense. But uh, 
I know that if I host a Next.js app on Vercel and I use, for example, distributed serverless uh, services behind it, mm -hmm. I instantly have a globally accessible and scalable application yeah. without the need to go and do the actual infrastructure behind it. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. those are my three big wins and things that I like about Next. Well, it sounds so good then I guess the question here is, why do we even Django anymore? Because if it is like a full uh, stack of uh, a web framework, uh, do, we, do we actually use Django on, on the backend while we are using Next? This is a good question. Do we want to answer it now or perhaps the next episode? Well, I would say that up to now, we are definitely sticking with Django in terms of backend because it's so mature yeah. with all this tooling based on the uh, backend around the backend yeah. and it's a little funny because we have a backend for our front end and a backend for our backend meaning that we uh, deploy the Next.js with some kind of backend some kind of serverless infrastructure that is doing the rendering but all of this is making API calls in order to get the data uh, in the uh, good old and stable Django uh, my quick answer here is the way I like that Next gives me the opportunity to use a proper front-end tool for my template rendering Yes, is the same, the same thing goes for Django. I like how Django gives me a proper and mature way to communicate with the database and the cache and to structure things in a good way. Mm -hmm. Because if I have to just do everything on Next, I need to use some not optimal ORM or even database adapter or connector and things are not are going to be really rough. And, and you don't and you still don't have all the tooling around the I don't have the tooling, yeah. The the backend. So both technologies play together really well. Exactly. And we are using them exactly. like, together. Django is really good for stable backends and we are leveraging it in, in a good way. Next is great for front ends and both have a backend. Yeah. And that's the interesting part. All right. Okay, so I think it was a good episode, initial episode about Next. Mm -hmm. We will do one more. We Absolutely. will do some more deep diving, I suppose. There are new things in there. Yeah. So we can discuss them. Yeah. Streaming components and uh, serverless things and stuff like this. Yeah. But we'll see. Uh, and that's it for episode three. Any final words, Ivo? Well, Next is nice. If you haven't tried it, just go and try it and you would like it. Yeah. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. Like and subscribe and see you next time. Cheers.